This is the EWN Podcast Network. Welcome to Successful to Significant, the podcast that brings you insightful conversations with thought leaders who have discovered the secret of going beyond success to create significance in their life. Join your host, Dr. Lee McBride Nesbitt, as she and her guests help you build your own legacy and prosperity through mission-driven experiences and entrepreneurship. Now here is your host, Dr. Lee McBride Nesbitt. Great. I'm great. I'm glad that you're doing well also. So now, people, we have a treat. She's a mouthful. And I'm going to take a breath and I'm going to try to introduce this mouthful. So Catherine is the creator of the Dual Use Ventures Incubator that is housed at the MIT Innovative Initiative. She's also the creator of the post 9-11 Military Women in Career Transition exciting Facebook page. That's where I met her at. She's also a a veteran military officer. She is a new mother because I heard her baby the other day. She is a wife. She is a dear friend to many. And she is a mission-driven experience pusher. Didn't I tell you we had a mouthful here? (laughs) welcome again lady welcome again thank you and thank you for the introduction (laughs) so Catherine, i want to thank you first for helping me to kick start this military series um i have been you know strolling along on facebook and i see lots of different facebook groups uh, i'm part of several different facebook groups but I love yours. I love, I love how humble it is. Um, I love how intimate it is. Um, and I really, I really wanted to get a chance to meet you and talk to you and allow you to share with our listeners. So if you could just do me a favor, the title of our show is From Successful to Significant. And su- success is it's optimum. I love significance. You had such a wonderful, wonderful bio. I'm going to be quiet here, and I'm going to give you the opportunity to tell us about yourself. Sure. So I, um, I run this, this incubator, this business incubator at MIT, but at the heart of me, I am a woman who's still transitioning from active duty service to the civilian world, and this is just part of my identity and likely part of yours as well, being a veteran. And so there's this, these, you know, like these layers in communities. I feel like I can go across through MIT campus, through Cambridge, Massachusetts and beyond. And every once in a while, it's, there's this sprinkling of veterans in there. <laughs> and so I love this idea of trying to reach out to them and you know all these cross sections of um, people within my ecosystem just to to connect 
on different things and to be able to bring each other up. I like that. I like that. So, you know, this is uh, primarily a military audience. Um, so today I'd like it if you could tell me about your, your successes and, and your missions of significance that you experienced while you was in the military. Yeah, you know, they never feel like successes. <laughs> you know, like I can reflect back and I would never change a thing. I would never change going in. I would never change the mistakes. And so, um, you know, I think uh, some of us get lucky when we're in the military. And so I would say one of my key turning points for luck was working for a major on a brigade combat team staff when I was a captain. And he had gone to Harvard for a master's degree. And he knew that I was coming up on um, being able to go to grad school and the army was gonna pay for it. Wow. So he sent me aside and he said, I'm gonna send you what program I recommend you apply to. And I would have never thought about applying to Harvard. And so this was just like, I applied, I got in um, and I attended. And that, that never would have happened if I had not worked for this man. Wow. Catherine, you are a Harvard graduate. <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah, I went, I went to the Harvard Kennedy School for graduate school. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Didn't add that in the bio. Didn't bring you out with that. <laughs> How wonderful is that? Wow. So now that you are no longer a service member, um, I do know that, you know, individuals, they fear transitioning, not knowing what's, what's out here. Could you talk to us a little about some successes that you've had since you, you, you've become a civilian, some successes or some missions of significance? Yeah, so I think, um, you know, I think transitioning from the military takes, it takes a long time, right? It's, um, it's like any kind of major loss in your life. And that maybe at the one year point, you feel like you're mostly recovered. And at the two year point, you realize you're way more recovered than you were at the one year point. And it keeps going on. And so um, I would say, you know, I, I kind of, frankly, I kind of, I thought I knew what I was going to do for my career when mm -hmm. I transitioned out. And I landed this job that seems like a great fit. And when I got there, it wasn't. And I stayed there for a year okay. and, you know, switched to a new role. And then a year later switched to a new, new role. So I did three different jobs within the last four years, but it really took that kind of exploration and being open about what's out there and what you're willing to learn about um, to find that perfect match. Like you don't, you don't, you can't always plan it out. You know, it just kind of comes to you. It kind of falls in your plate. It kind of, there's some serendipity and luck that's associated with it. And as long as you're making yourself available and yourself uh, with the right skills that are going to attract the hiring managers that are looking for you, 
as long as you're working on yourself, then it'll, then it happens. I heard you say, as long as you're working on yourself, then it happens. So what are some things that individuals who may be transitioning out of the military within the next 18 months, two years, what are some things that they might need to be looking at and considering right now? I think one of the, one of the big things that, you know, I'd started kind of listening to, but didn't fully internalize was what is the job market when you go on the outside and what, what interest do you have in those, you know, those top five kind of skills, the people, the things that people are hiring for. So when I think of that, I think of tech, I mean, I'm at MIT, I think of tech all the time, right? But, <laughs> Um, engineering and IT and computer science, there are jobs everywhere and not enough qualified applicants. And so even if you're coming out and you don't have a lot of that experience, IT is a few certifications and some hard studying, but what an amazing job where you can hopefully turn on your computer eight hours later, you turn it off and walk away and you're not taking it home with you. (laughs) These are are wonderful jobs. They're high paying jobs. And I think, um, you know, I don't, I don't think we always give ourselves the benefit of the doubt that we're fully capable and technically oriented and we can learn a new skill and, and really it can, it can be a great, uh, thing for ourselves and our families. So I heard you say that you have transitioned three times in the past four or five years from the military to your first position, from your first position to your next position. Um, tell me, did you have fears? And if you did have fears, what were they? I think my problem was I should have had fears and I didn't. (laughs) You're fearless. (laughs) I think I left the military thinking I was much more higher ready than I really was. And, you know, it, it takes time to learn how the civilian sector and different industries hire and how you get promoted and how you progress through a track. And each one is unique and potentially each company is, is unique, right? So just kind of getting, knowing that you have a lot to learn and a lot of new uh, things to build, skills, certifications, all of that and understanding what your trajectory could look like. It, it just takes time. It just takes time, it just takes time, it just takes time. So like I said, um, I was introduced to you through your Facebook page. Can you talk to me about your Facebook page that I'm in love with? (laughs) (laughs) So uh, a few years ago, a friend of mine and I were talking and we were, you know, we were thinking, how can we connect women who are on the cusp of departing the military and going into the civilian world? Because if I... I wish I had, when I got out and I moved to Boston, which there isn't a major army base here. There's a major air force base, but not a major army base. I wish that somebody could have sent me an email and said, oh, hey, you know what? I just got out a couple years ago too. Do you want to go grab a cup of coffee? Mm. (laughs) 
that would have been amazing. And so I transitioned to one of these places where none of the people I was seeing on a regular basis were veterans. And they didn't really know what I was kind of going through. And it was a little bit of a shock. And so uh, I was talking with my friend, she's in Detroit. She was also departing the army. And we said, well, let's just start with, let's just start with a Facebook group because there are so many opportunities and training programs and just resources for veterans. And they're really hard to navigate. And so here we are, it's uh, three or four years later, um, we post, uh, she's a PhD student and a full-time and reserve officer. So she's pretty busy, but we post, you know, a couple times a week, two or three times a week, the different opportunities, the different free training programs, free. There's so many, so many great virtual job fairs, all these different things. So that the group, it's about 300 strong, can go and peruse and, you know, when it's time for them to look, they can re-engage and come back. Or if they want to take a, a break, that's fine too. And people can talk about what has helped them. What I like about the page is that I feel like it's really safe. I feel safe enough to, to be vulnerable there. I can say something there and not feel like, you know, I'm being judged or somebody's going to come at me on the page. That's what I really appreciate, appreciate about, about your page. Can you tell me about the Ventures Incubator? Can you tell me about what it is that you do with MIT? <laughs> Yeah, so so I I basically got hired there because I was an acquisitions officer in the military. Mm -hmm. so I was bringing tech into uh, major defense acquisitions programs, and so I was hired to do some research projects that revolved around this. But eventually, we finished those research projects and needed a new business model to maintain a thread of defense in MIT, and so. Um, there's a ton of great startups coming out of MIT and my executive director is an Air Force Reserve officer. <laughs> uh, so, so we were talking and we, were, we thought, you know what, these STTRs, there's these programs for tech companies to apply for small contracts and kind of get in the door. And so we were using these that require a university partner where we could bring on founders coming out of MIT who had never considered doing business with the Department of Defense and introduced them to all of the administrative <laughs> details and all wow. of them, uh, just the complexity of selling to the Department of Defense. And so we built a program on it. There's three cohorts each year. And, um, and it's been really fun to get to know all of these great minds, these postdocs in different kinds of science and engineering doing these amazing things and bringing this great tech to the Air Force, mostly. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> so it sounds like it's, it's cool. It, it sounds like, you know, you're no longer in the military, but you still get a chance to help other individuals that are, you know, service related. Well, I, I like that. Are you loving that? I love it. And I didn't realize, I think when I left the military, I didn't think I wanted to do anything with DOD. And here I am, you know, it's been four years. I've been doing this for a couple of years. Uh, it's perfect. Like I still get, I feel like I still have this purpose. I get to bridge, you know, this great tech and get it into DOD and 
I mean, it just, it's just the right amount of military and civilian. <laughs> so you get to have both your worlds, you know, work in concert with one another. How wonderful is that? I really like that. So what I'd like for you to do next is not necessarily, you know, related to what it is that you do, um, but more so related to how I work with uh, service members and other individuals. I'd like for you to like, give me your perspective on, on, on legacy. Mm, I love this question. Cause I, I've been thinking about it a lot as a new parent. <laughs> So it is related. She said, I am a parent. So it's specifically about me. <laughs> yes, it's specifically about you. I know. So, I mean, I feel like it's so complex and I would love somebody to tell me the answer. Like how, how and it's kind of, I've kind of like chiseled it down to parenting, but how can I raise a son who wants to help the world and and do wonderful things and be a, a good community member and, and, you know, have his own joy as well. And, and I don't know how you do that. I think the only thing you can do is your best. You know, you do your best at home and you show him what it can be like and how hard work is uh, a rewarding thing and helping others is a rewarding thing. And I think that's it because our programs will die. Policies change, <laughs> but the people, the people are, are everything. Um, I think that's all we can do. You're right. You're right. You're right. Intentionally. That's all we can do intentionally. And, and that's wonderful to, to intend to do that. Talk to me about mission-driven work. Do you believe that what you do is mission-driven? Talk to me a little about mission-driven work and how what you do is related to that. So I think that both facets of um, what we're talking about, both my work and also my passion project of the Facebook group, they're both mission-driven work. Um, I, the, the Facebook group working with post 9-11 military women transitioning, like I'm just, I'm just in this, I'm one of them as they discover, I discover. And so we can all bring each other up and share and um, try to navigate this all together. And it's so important to feel like you're not just alone wherever you are in the US. Um, and so I think this Facebook group really brings that together. Um, and I think for work, it's mission driven because global national security is a grand challenge. When I think, yeah, so when I think of mission driven, I mean, we talk about mission driven innovation at the MIT Innovation Initiative and it's solving a grand challenge and that's food scarcity and water scarcity and global security. And so here I am trying to bring great technology to our Department of Defense so that we have national security and global security, hopefully for some kind of potentially, maybe it's unachievable global peace, but being a combat veteran, that's there's nothing more important than that. Wow, you said a combat veteran. How awesome is that? So what you are doing is really mission-driven. I appreciate you for, for doing what it is that you do. I, I really do. I'd like to 
talk to you a little about self-esteem. I've been working with some ladies here lately. Um, and I, I don't believe that they totally comprehend. And maybe it's just, you know, everybody has their own perspective. Um, high achieving, smart, conscious women. Could you tell me what, what is a high achiever to you? Mm. What, how would you define someone who is high achieving? Yeah. Um, high achieving. You know, I think we can go through life checking off boxes. We can mm. make a lot of money. We can have whatever you think, you know, when you're 18, when you put that list together, what success is. But really, uh, you climb mountains to see other mountains. As we get older, we understand what really brings us joy and what really helps our world. And it takes these experiences to really get it. I remember a professor talking about, he's a, he was a Harvard Business School professor. He was talking about how he loves talking to the person next to him on the plane because he always learns something. And he, he has lived in Cambridge for, I don't know how long, you know, decades and decades. And he goes, but then I sat next to this, this is this is gonna sound bad. Then I sat next to this farmer and I was like, what is he gonna tell me? And he, and he said that it was the most interesting conversation in his, in his life. Like you never know what, everybody has some niche, some perspective, right? Mm -hmm. right? Some deep, mm -hmm knowledge and it's so different and you can never discount somebody else's um, experience and knowledge nobody can know everything and and it seems like we revere the people who know the most about the least sometimes <laughs> right 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 so we all have to work together and so I think high achieving is really the ability to leverage and bring up others and um, and to learn from everybody, every single person. I love how you said lift as you climb. I, I really like how you just broke that down. Um, tell me, what's your perspective on a smart, conscious woman? Smart, conscious woman. I think, I think it's important. A smart, conscious woman knows, does she know? She knows that she's here to bring value to the world and to others and to raise up others. And that, and that's it. I think that's it. Like you that's can- a mouthful. That's a lot, you know, that would fill a cup. That's enough to, to, to have a cup overflowing. So <laughs> I want you to now, you have cups overflowing all over my desk. I want you to overflow this picture. I want you to, this water picture I have, I want you to think about the individuals that you left in the military. I want you to think about those high achieving, smart, conscious women. And I want you to- uh, inspire them to move forward in move forward in their lives being the best that they can be so how would you inspire them just to do that mm. i would tell them that you don't have to follow some there is no path that's easy you know things find you right you can't go from step one to step two to step three. Life's messy, but, <laughs> but 
But somehow, as long as we're treating ourselves right and treating others right, things just have a way of working out and finding you and these opportunities, as long as you're open to them, then, then you're going to have, you're going to be, you know, you're going to have that joy, you're going to help others and, and you can help, you know, help the world and help the universe. I like that. Could you tell us one more time your Facebook page, your Facebook group, and how individuals can find you. Yeah, so the Facebook group is called Post 9-11 Military Women in Career Transition. And they can search us and request to join. Um, and and we would love to, we would love to have more women. It's only 300. So we have plenty of space for engaging women who, um, you know, can tell us about opportunities, things they've learned, uh, and can help us all rise up. Thank you so much for sharing with us today. I really appreciate you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you for joining us with each episode from successful to significant brings you insightful conversations with thought leaders who have discovered the secret of going beyond success to create significance in their life. You can listen to and download additional episodes at EWNpodcastnetwork.com, Spotify, Google podcast, and wherever podcasts are available until next time. We encourage you to take action on what you've learned here to begin building your own legacy and prosperity through mission-driven experiences and entrepreneurship. Have you ever asked yourself this question, why is it so hard to make a buck? I know I have. Hi, I'm Sandra Yancey, founder and CEO of eWomen Network. What I have discovered after going from the brink of bankruptcy to running a multi-million dollar award-winning business is this. You can't build a million dollar dream hanging around minimum wage mindsets. My mission is one million women entrepreneurs generating one million dollars in annual revenue. So here's what I've done. I've created the mother of all entrepreneur success programs that you can access online on your time. It's called Monetize Me Now. It's a seven-module online course that is 100% my success formula, covering mindset, mission, management, motivation, marketing, and measure. Come on, take my hand, and I'll show you the way to learn to earn flowing revenue for your business. Visit monetizemenow.com for details. Calling all speakers, eWomen Network has speaking engagements all over North America that must be filled. Are you a gifted messenger, author, expert, or successful entrepreneur that can help women entrepreneurs grow their businesses? Our mission is to help one million fulfilled women each achieve one million dollars in annual revenue. If you're a speaker that can help women prosper, go to eWomenNetwork.com and sign up as a pro member of our Speakers Network. That's eWomenNetwork.com.
Thanks for listening. This is the EWN Podcast Network.